This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 134 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is with me as ever. How are you doing mate? I'm quite excited at getting back into the swing of things and recording everybody's second favourite Lincoln City podcast. Or their third favourite Lincoln City podcast if they're <laughs> Cornell's mum. <laughs> so. Only the second favourite? Well, yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to be behind the Radio Lincoln one because, you, know, um, you know, they they have interviews and stuff. They don't just have two blokes bickering for an hour, <laughs> do they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, and then obviously there is the Imps, Imps Ting podcast, um, which I'm sure has its uh, has its dedicated followers. As I've said, Cornell's mum, I'm sure, loves it better than than she loves this. Probably so. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, exactly. no, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, getting, you know, we're on the eve of the new season um, as people listen to this, and it's uh, it's been it's been a quiet week after a very busy week, hasn't it? Uh, it's not been a quiet week for me, mate. Well, no, I know. <laughs> I've been absolutely flat of, out. But I know in terms of work, but in terms of the imps, it's, it's not been the uh, the busiest in and out week, has it? No. And look, the, the thing is, a football club's not just busy um, with the things that they are announcing um, over the uh, over social media. You know, they're busy on the on the training pitch. I was lucky enough to go down there on Tuesday and see firsthand the lads being put through their paces. We've obviously had a friendly as well, so. Uh, let's not you know, you're quite right in terms of news it's been very quiet but it's been a very busy week from what I can understand down at the training very very busy indeed and watching Dan and Lundaloo, um lift weights genuinely with a dumbbell which was the size of my gut um, on either end of a bar was, I mean the, 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 tell you something the lad is a big old unit and he was just lifting it like I, I struggled to lift the big bags of dog food off the shelf at Tesco and he was throwing this uh, this dumbbell around like it was next to nothing so excellent stuff no I mean it's uh, 
just as a disclaimer by the way if anyone can hear clicking in the background because we're recording early it is my partner working noisily i have to put up with it every single day of the week and if the feed suddenly cuts out on gary's side fees murdered him so. yeah well she's pulling faces now i mean gesticulating <laughs> so. um no, but I mean, obviously, you know, you, you got to, to pop down to the um, the EPC and into the stadium as well. Um, I was lucky enough to head down to the stadium the other week. Um, it's looking it's looking really nice, and I just can't wait to get back in there. Um, when I went, the the new stand, the sort of temporary seating wasn't in, so that was uh, that was something that was a bit of a new one to me when you put the photos up. So uh, yeah, the pitch was looking really nice, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The stand was a new one to me because I missed the supporters board meeting where they chatted about it uh, and I didn't pick it up when I scanned through the minutes. So I kind of walked in and like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> it's a new stand. How exciting is that? And it's not exciting at all. It's 100 seats in a in a spare space. Um, it, it is what it is. People kind of look at it and go, oh, it looks tin pot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it it's better than a big empty space. And, and so it is what it is. Um, but it's looking really good. I really liked the fact that they'd replaced the South Park stand, whatever it's called now, where uh, the seats are now red, yeah. which I think is <laughs> it, it's fairly obvious quite why we've ever had blue and green in there. I don't know when we play in red, utterly baffling. Um, but they're now red. They look really good. Uh, I understand as well that they've put some red seats in a disabled area. Mm-hmm. previously they weren't red i think somebody said i think the digital hoarding has gone in this week it hadn't gone in when i went down there uh, and as you say the pitch looks good everything just looks a little bit more professional a little bit um a little bit better than before and it's the same every season i think since clive and uh has been in i think every year you can just see those little signs of progress yeah uh, which is really good uh, and down at the epc um, there's there's new dugouts were being um i ironically uh, dug out uh, while i was there they were digging the footings for those to put the dugouts in apparently they kept falling over last year which is not ideal uh, but they won't fall over with steve evans sat in one but um <laughs> probably wouldn't need to dig them out either would you <laughs> if they'd sat in them they'd dig in themselves oh dear you're already getting the evans uh, evans digs in and you're the one that normally tells me not to rise to it I am not rising to anything Steve Evans has done. I am just making uh, a, a, a joke at his size, which is re- which is really a little bit hypocritical. I was going to say we're not fattest on this podcast. No, Steve no. Evans well, I- is fattest. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get into uh, to the podcast because we've got it, it's probably going to be a bit of a, a, a packed one this week, isn't it? We've got you know there's a lot of. Uh, League One, League Two podcasts, and you know club specific podcasts. They're going to do a one to twenty four. I don't. I don't think a one to twenty four is really something that that I'm I'm all that interested in. But I am interested in looking at the, the you know who's possibly going to go up and who's going to drop down. So we did the same last year. Um, so we might as well start with who we think is going to bid farewell to the wrong end of League One this season. Um, and I am going to start it off, and I can't remember what we discussed off air, but I'm going to start it off with Cambridge United because I believe you've got them down there as well. Well done, yeah, you've man- you managed to remember that from about four minutes ago, so that's quite it's <laughs> quite an achievement. Congratulations. Um, so good, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got I've got Cambridge bottom of the table, um, and obviously you've gone for them as well. Uh, quite, I-, I think it's going to be a tough season. I think. Uh, when you look at Cambridge last season, yes, they came up. 
um, but they had this kind of gung-ho, we're going to score more goals than you approach. Uh, and I don't think there is... I don't think they're a team that are as strong as when they came up. Obviously, they have got Wes Houlihan, who should still be a real talent at this level, but they lost Paul Mullin. He he chased some some pennies. They've made some decent acquisitions. Shiloh Tracy impressed me last season uh, when he was Shrewsbury. Um, whether there was an issue, he left there in December and then went on loan to Cambridge. I like the look of him. He's a Spurs lad who made a, a permanent move to his former loan club, which would be nice uh, if, if we could do the same with our former Spurs loanee. But I think it's tough. Mark Bond is a young manager. Um, we haven't, I, I just don't think there's enough substance there. And I think with how deep and challenging League One is going to be this season, I fear very much for Cambridge. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, there's always a team that, that tends to struggle a little bit when they come up. Um, and, I, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't seen too much business across multiple of the you know teams in our league. But I think the ones that I have seen when the business has been done, it's obviously been shouted about and all the rest, which we'll come on to. But, yeah, I, I can't I can't really look too far past um Cambridge in the bottom four unfortunately I didn't I didn't put the bottom four in an order mainly because I kind of forgot to do a bottom four until about two minutes before we started recording but um you don't get that on d3 d4 do you (laughs) you don't do you don't get d3 d4 going well we did the promotion ones but I forgot about relegation until four minutes by recording so I just picked some names at random to discuss (laughs) them at random i had ideas as to who was possibly going to be down i I, I know i know you did (laughs) um so yeah i think um i I can't look too far past uh, past cambridge and bottom four um next two that we've got i think differ and then we'll, we'll come back to one that we agree on but um i have gone for shrewsbury next and i i don't think that they've got uh you know they've got the, uh, the the depth in their squad. I don't think they've necessarily got the talent in the squad to improve on the position last year. And I think with the league getting incredibly more difficult, you know, in terms of the, uh, without meaning to sound like Mr. Evans, like the budget's being spent and the money being thrown around. I, I just, I worry for Shrewsbury and I think they could easily slip into the bottom four come the end of the season. Um, whether I'm, you know, I'd, I've never been a huge huge fan of, of them in general they just seem to be one of those teams that they come to the you know they come to central bank and you just go like oh yeah it's shrewsbury fair enough um it always seems to be a bit of a nothing game and i know that's probably really harsh but i just can't see them um can't see them doing much this season in uh, in league one to be honest um no so, i mean i haven't gone for shrewsbury but you, your pick is has got some sound basis uh, i think they they struggled quite a bit last season obviously they had an awful time poor old steve cottrell i think um, had obviously COVID and he was managing them from a hospital bed and it was just a really challenging time for them And but I look at their business and it is thoroughly underwhelming I mean they've signed Ryan Bowman from Exeter who's not a footballer that I particularly rate I don't think he's he's one off the production line he's not the next Ollie Watkins or, or um, Jaden Stockley uh, they brought in Luke Lee from Bristol Rovers where he played fullback in a relegated team yeah he was alright he's got, he's got strengths but Again, for me, not somebody I think that's going to be putting a team in the top end of the table. So I, I agree with you on that. Um, my uh, next pick, my next from bottom team are Morecambe. 
and it, it feels a little bit harsh but Morecambe I think nobody expected them to get promoted a little bit like Cambridge last season uh, they were promoted with Derek Adams in charge who's since left the club so they brought in Stephen Robinson former Motherwell manager and I might be wrong I think he was at Oldham as well and we don't really know how he's going to adjust to League One. Morecambe traditionally don't have a huge budget. I mean, they really are the have-nots. If Steve Evans tells you that Gillingham have got the lowest budget in the league this season, it's ridiculous. It's like somebody living in a house saying they've got less money to spend on somebody uh, than somebody who's homeless. That is genuinely how, how, how crazy it would be. Um, they've had to replace a huge amount of the squad. They've lost their key player, really, was was called Mendes Gomez. Uh, who was was absolutely superb, but they lost a couple of others as well. Uh, and and they brought in, I mean, I'm looking now, they've brought in, what is that, 10, 12, 15 players? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They brought in nearly a whole new squad. Now, for me, that's dangerous, um, bringing in like an entire new starting 11, starting from scratch with a new manager. It could work. They could be the surprise package in terms of uh, the promoted team staying up. I just don't see it. What I would say is that for four or five years, people wrote Morecambe off in League Two and every year they survived. I know I listened to the Not The Top 20 podcast. They're tipping them to survive. I don't see it. Um, I see an awful lot of players there who haven't got League One experience and not proven at this this level. And I think it's going to take a, a, a Herculean effort for them to um, to remain in the division. I, yeah, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from on that, and it's it's a difficult one to. I think it's a difficult four to pick, if I'm honest with you, because um, I think there's probably you know five or six teams, if not a few more, that might really struggle this season. Um, I totally agree with you about you know how Morecambe have managed to you know survive in League Two over and over again, and last season nobody would have picked them to be coming up. So yeah, great show. Um, your next one, or do you want me to do my next one? Uh, no, I'll do my next one. My next one that I've picked a Plymouth Argyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this might sh- might surprise a few people because you've got Ryan Lowe, decent manager. Uh, their, their losses over the summer haven't been huge. They've lost players um, who, who are not all that great, the likes of Byron Moore, Scott Wooten, Ben Reeves, Frank Newblay. They, they didn't pull up any trees. They've made some decent acquisitions as well ryan broom is a player i've spoken about many times before jordan houghton i really like he was at mk dons he's gone there as well and they've also brought in a former lincoln lad james wilson Mm. um but uh, luke jeffcott i think they've got up front there as well who's who's a he was doing really well at the beginning of last season and could have got a big move i just don't see it um i think plymouth were one of the sides last season that if the season started in December and you'd picked up that form, it was relegation form all the way. Uh, we saw it. They beat us 4-3 at their place. But let's face it, we, we should have won that game probably 6-4. Six, six, we let in some silly goals. They had that kind of gung-ho approach. I just don't see any signs of progression here at the moment. <clears throat> Signing one or two decent players is all right. But they brought in players like Dan Scar from Walsall, Callum Burton from Cambridge, who... You just feel a little bit underwhelmed. And I think in a division where everybody is looking to move forward very, very quickly, if you're standing still, which I feel that Plymouth probably have, um, you're going backwards and you're going backwards at a very quick rate because everybody is is excelling and accelerating. 
look he plays a nice brand of football Ryan Lowe we've seen that we saw it with when he got uh, Barry promoted we saw it when he got Plymouth promoted but I'm not sure that he's managed to transfer that to League One particularly successfully Um, they do have some very good players you look at Danny Mayer again as well but I just I don't know there's just something there in that that form at the end of last season that I would find concerning and you know I I think that it could be a very very tough season for Plymouth Argyle Mm. No, I think, um, it, you know, with the exception of using Ryan Lowe's name, I, I think you could potentially transpose most of that into my pick, which is uh, AFC Wimbledon. Um, I think, again, they're, they're another team that the budget doesn't necessarily seem like it's the highest. Um, I know that they're, from the looks of it, their business doesn't particularly look um, all that impressive. I know they've just signed, uh, I think they've just signed a lad on loan from Watford, haven't they? Um uh, I think they've just signed it either 19 or 20 year old, but yeah, I just I I worry for them a little bit, um, and I think it could be a very interesting season in that uh, on you know the ongoing rivalry between AFC Wimbledon and MK, um, you know, given some of our other discussions that we're going to have in a little while, but um, yeah, I think they struggled a little bit last season as well. Um, and I think they were, uh, I think they were still in contention for relegation with about six weeks to go, if I remember rightly. Um, and I, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it this season, unfortunately. You see, I, I'm quite pleased that we've got some things that we differ on. Uh, I've got them comfortably lower mid-table for for the season. I, I they didn't do that well last year, but under Glenn Hodges, they were terrible, and then they pulled off really what was was quite an impressive escape by the end of it and they got playing some quite uh, some quite positive football I think they've found a rhythm they've lost Joe Piggott his goals are going to be important to replace but yeah you're correct correct they brought in in um, Mabude uh, from Watford Henry Lawrence has come in from Chelsea I think he's a really interesting loan Aaron Presley from Brentford is somebody people are quite excited about they brought Luke McCormick in who had a good loan spell they I think they're an exciting young side um, I think that they're a side who will be comfortably safe for relegation but you know, it's tough because this division really is about kind of eight or nine teams at the bottom who you're trying to pick your relegation candidates from. And I think there are probably two or three who are almost certainly going to be down there. And then you've got those teams that are quite hard to predict. And I think Wimbledon are quite hard to predict. On the um, A lot of people have been submitting their, their numbers to the Stacey West, their 1 to 24s. I've collated them all. And with Wimbledon, there is a... Uh, a seven place range so the lowest that anyone's picked them is bottom so you know they are relegation candidates but then the highest is 17th which i think is probably me and a couple of other people as well so be interesting to see how they go um they're certainly one of the smaller clubs in the division yeah no absolutely um and then the final one in the bottom four is one that we both agreed on and that is fleetwood town isn't it it is Fleetwood Town. Um, I'm going to make no secret of the fact that I don't think Simon Grayson is a good football manager. Um, and I, I, he was there at Sunderland on that Sunderland till I die. I thought he was very poor. He was at Blackpool and he was given you know, all the riches in the world to spend, really, because they'd got their new owner. He couldn't get them playing. Uh, 18 months later, Neil Critchley takes them to the championship. So I'm not convinced at all. Uh, I think their squad is going backwards. They've lost players who I think were particularly good, like Josh Morris. I thought Harvey Saunders was a decent player as well. Uh, They lost Paul Coots, who should have been driving their midfield. Wes Burns has joined Ipswich Town. And when you look at what they've brought in, for me, it's 
awfully underwhelming. Ryan Edmondson, who I think went on loan to Northampton last season and looked pretty lost. Max Clark didn't get a lot of football at Hull. They brought Callum Morton in. I, I didn't want to see Callum Morton come back to Lincoln. Maybe Morton and Edmondson might form a partnership. I know that was what they mentioned on Not the Top 20. I can't see that. Um, I think Fleetwood are a team that are scaling back. I think they're a team who have been in uh, regression for a couple of seasons now. I think they've gone big. They went for it powerful. You know, they really went for it before the coronavirus um, pandemic and all that sort of stuff. I think they're cutting their cloth accordingly now. And I, I really believe they're on a collision course with League Two. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't going to. Well, I won't go that in depth because I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that knowledgeable about everything, guys. You know, you, you're doing. You're doing your stellar job, but uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't really look past them finishing bottom. Well, in the bottom four, um, I just know that their their business hasn't been great, as you said. Um, so yeah, I, I I just think it's going to be a a long old season for Fleetwood fans. Um, so I think if we look at our dark horses, and then I shall tell you who the whole panel of about twenty five people have picked. Um, so. Dark Horse for uh, relegation. Mm-hmm. Who did you go for? Um, I I think Wigan. Um, not necessarily for relegation, but definitely for you know a surprise, team that are, surprise strugglers. This is. Oh, sorry, surprise strugglers. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I I went with Sheffield Wednesday because I just think having heard a few things uh, away from you know, away from podcasts and stuff like that, I've uh, I've heard that there are more significant issues than, than are being let on publicly. Obviously, they've, you know, they've had issues with paying the players and a lot of uh, financial worries by the sounds of it. And it sounds like it, you know, they are not going to improve anytime soon. And I know they've been bringing players in, um, but uh, it, it just remains to be seen if they're going to be any, dig, you know, any good. Because I, I think they essentially they've done it it sounds a little bit like they didn't they've done what bolton did a few a couple of seasons ago where you know they had next to no first team and then had to play the kids for a while and and got free agents and you know saw out the season essentially but um obviously i don't think it's quite as severe as that but it sounds sounds a little bit similar um and i just think they're they're an example of a club that they think they're too big to fail and unfortunately i don't think they are I think there's a lot of people who might even agree with you on that. Um, but I, I, I think I don't think that they're going to be promotion candidates. Uh, but I know that they've kept the likes of Barry Bannon, Dominic Iall for Josh Windass, who should be really good players at this level. And they've signed players that I know their supporters are very excited about. Jack Hunt, Bailey Peacock, Farrell, Lewis Wing, uh, etc. George Byers as well. So uh, they think they're in a very good position. But touching upon those problems, there is the threat of a six-point deduction if they fail to pay their players at any point during the season, uh, which could really send them into into a spiral. I see them a little bit like an Ipswich uh, from the last season or two. There, I just think that they're going to stagnate in mid-table. Uh, I think that they'll have enough quality to stave off the threat of relegation but I don't think they'll have enough quality at the moment as things stand to trouble the top six uh, my surprise strugglers are MK Dons okay now they are a really tough one to to pick and 
funnily enough, these two teams are the ones with the biggest range of places um, on the uh, picked by Stacey West readers. So, for instance, um, one person had Sheffield Wednesday in second uh, and as low as 14th. So there's a 12 place range there. Uh, MK Dons, the highest somebody had was seventh and the lowest was 20th which is a 13 place range so wow. these are the two teams that are really really hard to pick i think when you look at mk don's squad you've got to you've got to be not concerned um about how well they'll do because they've you know, they've got a really good squad but you've just got to be concerned how quickly it's going to come together scott twine from swindon was, was all right at swindon last season a very very good footballer ethan robson's on loan from blackpool we know all about him because we saw him close uh first hand max waters from cardiff scored a hell of a lot for crawley before his move last year mo isa is a player obviously who they've paid a, what would you would understand to be a significant sum for uh, and troy parrott on loan from spurs they look like very good signs and a sign really from losing the uh, lost sorinola i think was the fullback cameron jerome who played up top i think scott Fraser's is the big one that they didn't want to lose but they've lost their manager and that's the thing for me this was russell martin's project and we're going into a season in two days time dean lewington's going to take temporary charge there's no new manager bounce to be had um they actually weren't that good last season the the, the, the russell martin thing you know the oh he's great manager is he really they didn't have a great win th- uh, win average last season they finished 13th in the table and you know they couldn't finish a pudding when they came to our place they were playing across the back and if they couldn't find anywhere to play they passed it to one of our players and we scored that was how we, you know we, we absolutely hammered them so i think a lot of people are tipping them to do well or were up until russell martin left i know not the top 20 had them above us in the table in the playoff places but i think their manager choice is going to be um critical so there's a lot of variables here but they could be a surprise struggler almost certainly yeah and i think um i, th- I think there's well, you, you'll see in a moment, uh, in a moment. Basically, I think that was where one of the two. I think where we differed. Um, I think there was one that yeah. there was one that I had that you had in the playoffs, and one that you had that I had. In the, anyway, but yeah, yeah. Um, who yeah. who were the? Uh, I know it's probably a, so, the, the just, ones that you said were going to struggle. I know we've got the, the biggest ranges there. Is that um, they're so, the ones that were most difficult to call? Yeah, they're the ones that are most difficult to call. I mean, everybody really seems to agree with Fleetwood, Cambridge and Morecambe. Um, there was a, there was just a 4-4 four, four and 5-place range. Um, Morecambe 24th to 20th, Cambridge 24th to 20th. So nobody's got those two out of the bottom five, but some have got them surviving, but it's, it's rare. Fleetwood 22nd to 17th. Uh, and then Cheltenham actually okay. with a team that were tipped to finish fourth from bottom by uh, the panel bear in mind this is everybody's average kind of worked out so Cheltenham were anywhere from 23rd to 19th I don't think that Cheltenham will go down and I think that Cheltenham came up with the right uh, methodology they didn't concede an awful lot of goals they picked teams off I think they'll be tough to beat they don't don't change their approach for uh, and I, I think that there'll be a surprise package for staying up because I think everybody will have them going down but their promotion was expected and I think they're this season's crew Alexandra so uh, just to let people you know how people agreed with you they at Wimbledon in 20th so people tend to think that Wimbledon will struggle a little bit more than I do whereas Plymouth many people had them as high as 16th uh, and the lowest that they were was was 21st so there was an 11 player 
place range with them and there was an 11 place range with Shrewsbury so we've, we've both picked teams with, with quite a broad range to to join Fleetwood Cambridge and Morecambe um, down at the bottom Fair enough well yeah I mean it's it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting season down the bottom end but hopefully we're not going to be down that bottom end um, so let's go through uh, what have we got next playoffs got playoffs so um, I think if I remember rightly, we both agreed on Rotherham. We did both agree on Rotherham. Yeah, um, I I think without without drawing on the cliches, Rotherham are the yo-yo club, aren't they? they? They tend to just flick between the Championship and League One and keeping themselves ticking over very nicely. Um, I can't really see this season be too different. I think they're they're a decent side. They've got um, you know they've they've got a lot of strengths about them, and I just think. I can't see them going up automatically for reasons that we'll come on to, but yeah, I'm interested in uh, in seeing Rotherham um, more than likely in the playoffs at the end of the season. Yeah, they're going to be right up there. They've only really lost Matt Crooks. He's gone to Middlesbrough. They brought in Ollie Rathbone to replace him, who's a player I really liked at Rochdale. I think that he kind of pulled the strings for them. Other than that, they're very much uh, the same as they were last season. Um, they're, they're a strong, competitive outfit. You know what you're going to get with Paul Warren's side. They're, they're good enough to challenge at the top of League One. They're not good enough to stay out of the bottom three in the championship. They, I think they've been either promoted or relegated every single season since 2015-16. So they are the stereotypical yo-yo club. In fact, I doubt there's a club that's ever yo-yoed quite as much as them. Uh, and I can see them being in the mix again at the end of the season. All I wonder is, at what point do the fans think that that's not enough? And you look back at Keith, Alexander reaching the playoffs every year and it got to a point where the fans were going well we need to go to the next stage I think the danger is when they decide that they need to go to the next stage they make a rash decision and don't Um, they're just about at their level I think yo-yo in between the two they could perhaps do a season or so in the the championship but they'll certainly be a, a tough team last year what I would say is the year that they went up two years ago you know, they came to our place and, and beat, beat us 1-0, I seem to think. I think Crooks might even have got the goal, but they weren't better than us. It was a very even game. We beat them at their place 2-1. We beat them 3-0 in the AFL Trophy. I, I think that they are a very good, functional League One side who then uses the kind of underdog tag to do as well as they can and come. But they'll, they'll definitely be a challenger, no doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I think we differed on the other three, didn't we? Um, we we did uh, so I will go with uh, Sunderland I've got Sunderland in the playoffs and, and really this is based on um, kind of a, a projection more than anything because I think there's an awful lot of business still to do you know they've lost Wyke Dobson they weren't too bothered about losing but they've lost Wyke they've lost Chris Maguire who they released they lost Grant Liberter Josh Scowen Max Power all players who Sunderland fans will probably say, well, we're not that fussed about losing. But at the moment, they haven't really replaced them. So the team is quite hard to call because they are looking weaker to me on paper than they did um, six months ago or, or however long it was, you know, May when we beat them in the, in the playoffs, which really you know, I should be calling them as a surprise struggler. But I just think that they're going to get some business done late. And I think that Sunderland are a team that you can 
never write off in this level you know we've got so many big clubs at this level now uh, the likes of Ipswich and Bolton are big clubs Charlton are a big club uh, Wigan and and have played Premier League football so there's, there's clubs Portsmouth as well who are of a decent size Sunderland are still in a different stratosphere they are still a much bigger club than Ipswich Town they are a much bigger club than anybody in this division and that they really should have the the um, means to secure better players between now and the, uh, the end of the transfer window. If the transfer window closed now, I wouldn't be picking them in the playoffs. Um, but I think that they're going to, you know, they've been putting one or they've been rumoured to be putting kind of one million pound bids in for players and things like that. And I think as August goes through, they're going to strengthen significantly. And I think you'll see them in the playoffs again. No, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I think I'm, I'm sort of erring on the other side of that. I don't necessarily think that, um, they're probably going to be um, quick enough in finding those replacements. And if they are, you, you said similar a little bit earlier on, you know, if, if you're basically buying a new first 11, um, I know it's not going to be quite that severe, but they're going to have to do a lot of replacing, um, you know, key players. And I, I just wonder how quickly it's going to gel for them. Um, and, you know, we'll have to see how they, you know, how they go, but I would, probably say I, I can see Sunderland finishing eight between sort of eighth, tenth, that kind of position. Um but I would I, I've not picked them for my uh, my playoff spots. Um one of my playoff spots um is is us. Uh you know is is Lincoln City. Um I think it's it's a bit of hope more than anything else if I'm honest. But I know a lot of people are probably going to sit there and say that you know we need to have a better season than we did last season. Um, I I don't necessarily agree in terms of position. I think the season's all going to be about um, the dreaded C word, and that's the consolidation word. I, I think we're going to be making a good go of it, but ultimately I think there are some massive teams in the league. But we're a Lincoln City podcast, and it wouldn't be right if one of us didn't put them in the uh, in the top six. So. I think we'll be there or thereabouts, to quote the big, uh, the big man. Um, I think we've made some really strong signings. Uh, I think we're going to have a, a bit of a, potentially a bit of a quicker attack this season, um, particularly with a couple of signings that we've brought in. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see how the, uh, how the campaign kicks off. So I've got us sneaking in there, maybe seventh. No, maybe sixth, sorry. I was going to say, if we're seventh, we won't be sneaking in, will we? <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be sneaking out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll do an article or, or, or we'll chat about it later on. I haven't got us to be in the playoffs this season, uh, and that's not me being negative. I think that this is a much more competitive division than it was last year. I think with the removal of the salary cap has made our job in, immensely harder. I do think that we will be top 10. I actually probably think we will be seventh. So we do agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see us challenging all season, but I think it's going to be a, a huge, huge step. And painfully, I'm going to pick um, Portsmouth to be in the playoffs instead. And I know that people are not going to like that one little bit because it's almost like I'm picking Danny over Lincoln City I'm not it's just my opinion I think that Portsmouth um, have made some really good signings in the last couple of weeks uh, there have been some very un-Danny Cowley like signings because they've got more than two strikers on the books for a start they've got John Marquis when you look at Marcus Harness and Ronan Curtis as well uh, they're, they're three players that will do really well at this level we know that uh, but then they've made some great signings they've brought in George Hurst who is uh, on loan from uh 
Pete, uh, Peterborough, Leicester City. He's a player that I think will do really, really well at this level. And I think he'll suit uh, the, the Danny Cowley style of play. Connor Rogelvy at Port, uh, from um, Gillingham. Mm-hmm. for me was one of the best fullbacks that we faced all last season uh, I think he'll be superb for them they've got uh, Gassan Admi from Norwich who's been scoring goals for fun in pre-season he's a really quick he's going to probably play the 10 role for them uh, Ryan Tonnercliffe and Sean Williams both players with championship experience Clark Robertson same from Rotherham and I think Danny targeted Clark Robinson, Robertson while he was with us um, but Robertson at the time I think was at Blackpool so I just, I just think that they've made some really good signings uh, of late. I think it's really kicked on recently with with Hurst and Ogilvy. Had they not signed those two players in the last week, I might have been tempted to have them outside uh, the the top six. But we know what Danny and Nicky can do. Um, we know that they are studious, that they will understand every single opposition, their strengths and weaknesses. They will stop some teams playing 100%. Uh, they, they will be found out by some other teams, as we were, for instance, when we went to Wickham. But I think that they will have enough to sneak into the top six this season. No, it's it's, it's a fair shout, and I'll be you know I've said to you beforehand. It was I had them in my in my top six um, before I put us in there. I just sort of you know thought well, sod it, why not? You know? um, but yeah, I I can see them finishing the top six all all, all season to be honest. Um, my uh, blah, blah, blah. My next one that I don't think you had was MK Dons. I think that yes, we've you know you've obviously said about the um, the managerial struggle that they've had. Um, you know, losing Russell Martin is well, it, it was his project, like you said. But I just wonder if they're going to be able to potentially gel and potentially come together a little bit. Um, maybe have a bit of a rocky start, pull it together after six, eight weeks, maybe, and then see, you know, how they, they go from there. I think the thing is for me, they've signed some good players. You know, they have some, like you said about even earlier about like Mo Isa. I think he's he's obviously going to be the focal point for them. Um, and I think if you've got a team with Mo Isa in it, I think you, you're likely to do quite well in the division. But I I can see them stringing together a good run of games after a bit of a, a dismal start and I can see them finishing in the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, I've seen a few people tipping them for um, automatics, you know, uh, I don't think I've seen anybody tipping them to win the league but I've definitely seen a few tipping them for the second spot but I believe that might have been before Russell Martin left so I think some of those predictions may well be amended but yeah, I, I can see MK Dons finishing in the top six which hurts me a little bit to say but it's like you said when the salary cap's gone, they can do what they want in terms of uh, spending at the minute. So, yeah. About your next one. Sorry, I was absolutely miles away there. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening, genuinely. I was listening. I was just, I was, I was pulling it in, thinking I've picked the MK Dons to be surprise strugglers, and and you picked them to. Um, to be in the, the top six, which is quite interesting. Uh, my last one on Wigan Athletic, I think that Wigan will spend in big. We know they're spending big. We've heard £10,000 a week for Charlie White. They've brought in um, Jack Watmore and Tom Naylor from Portsmouth, both of whom were you know, regulars in a team that were challenging for the playoffs 
last season. They've brought in uh, Guion Edwards from Ipswich, who I think is a decent signing. Max Power from Sunderland, who was key part of a team that went into the playoffs last season. They brought in, obviously, Charlie White, who scored a lot of goals. Stephen Humphreys, who I really like at um, Rochdale. He had a really good season for them. Jordan Jones, I thought he was was excellent for Sunderland uh, late on in the season. They've signed him from Rangers. So they have really strengthened it sticks in me a little bit that you know here's a team that were financially struggling and furloughing staff and that sort of thing and then uh, and then ten thousand pound a week suddenly found for charlie white but they've got new owners and you know i, th- I think football wide it rankles me a little bit that there was football clubs taking money for you know laying staff off um for furloughing staff rather those football clubs laying staff off pleading poverty and then all of a sudden you know they're finding money to spend on players and i'd probably be hypocritical because you know, to a degree we, we kind of done the same but i suppose that's football really um so we're going to certainly not going to be my favorite second team there's no doubt about that because i don't agree with the philosophy you know they've just come from a place of virtual financial ruin and they're going a brilliant way to get back there and you just wonder if these the new owners are backing them there's no doubt about that but how long for this you know it's almost the blueprint for, for, for failure isn't it and i think i think when you look at Portsmouth, for instance, who uh, missed out on a, a fullback because they wouldn't pay Rangers £750,000. They're trying to run sustainably. You look at us, we don't spend beyond our means. We're trying to be run sustainably. And you look at a few of the other clubs that have come up. We talked about Cambridge's recruitment. It hasn't been spectacular. There's a reason for that. They don't have a lot of money and they haven't spent above their means. And I, I I don't like the ones that do because you've got the Wiggins and you've got teams that we'll probably talk about in the top one or two as well, who are spending phenomenal amounts of money. But what if it goes wrong? You know, what if those players um, you know, don't perform? What if we get another round of COVID and suddenly you haven't got fans in the stadium again and football clubs income drops again and you've got these big wages you're tied to? I don't agree with the philosophy whatsoever, but there is no doubt that money can buy you places in a league in a league table. Uh, Hull City, you know, spent money last summer were promoted. Peterborough United spent money last summer were promoted. Blackpool, who to be fair sold a player, so but they did spend money last season. It was something we picked up on. They were promoted. I'm not saying that buying success is a good way to do it. I'm not saying that everybody that spends money gets success. I just look at Wigan's um, Wigan's recruitment, and I think. They're a team that are going to have a damn good go. My only reservation is around Liam Richardson, the manager. I think he did a great job on a shoestring last year, kind of getting them together and fighting against adversity. The big question is, has he got what it takes to mount a top six challenge? Um, If the answer is yes, which I think it could be, then that's why I've put them in. If it's no... Wigan could be a spectacular fail. Uh, and in that case, then that would push us into the top six, in my opinion. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I've gone for Wigan as my last pick. Fair enough. Um, we'll come on to Wigan for me in just a second. But uh, my last pick was Charlton. Um, I think Charlton have got a, a solid squad from last season. I think they're going to be able to kick on. Um, and I reckon they're going to be um, at least in the playoff spot Um I, I can't see I can't see their fans settling for anything less this season. Um, I know they've had some managerial uh, turmoil, I think is probably the best way of looking at it, before the end of last year. Um, seems like Lebo started to fall out with some of the players, but since he's gone, it looks like it's turned around a little bit. And I think, uh, I, think I can probably see Charlton finishing maybe third or fourth. 
So that's my top four, uh, sorry, playoff spot, sorry, of Charlton, Rotherham, MK Dons and Lincoln or Pompey. So I think if we look quickly at uh, dark horses to succeed and uh, promotion contenders who might flop, um, well, promotion contenders who might flop for me, we've already touched upon with Sheffield Wednesday and I, I kind of said why you know lots of people are tipping Sheffield Wednesday to do well and I think that is based almost certainly on who they are they have just signed Lee Gregory I've seen um in the last sort of five or ten minutes so they're, they're giving it a good go but uh, yeah I can't see them being top six as I've already covered um and your dark horses to flop uh, I've talked about in the playoffs I think haven't I yeah so my dark horses to flop are Wigan um for for some of the reasons that you've mentioned you know I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be another example potentially of um, of somebody just throwing it, you know, throwing money at a wall and seeing what sticks. Um, and I don't think it's going to pay off. I think it might pay off for some, you know, for well, before we left, I was going to say it might have paid off for MK Dons um, and um, Russell Martin, but obviously with him leaving, depending on who they get in, you know, they'll obviously be able to to do something there. But it it just kind of seems to me like. Um, like we're going to just kind of turning around and going right okay who's got a big name in league one or who who's a big name at this level what's the price for them okay right go out and sign them it, it's almost a bit like um like just buying the 80 plus rated cards on fifa ultimate team and not looking at the chemistry sort of thing you know i, I just wonder if there's going to be a i just wonder if there's going to be a bit of a, a sticky patch for them at some point in the season and i think it will probably come um and I, I think it'll come back to bite him in the arse, if I'm honest. Um, uh, so that's a great analogy, by the way. You're you. not usually good on analogies, but that is a great <laughs> analogy. Can I you like tell I've been that. playing a lot of FIFA recently? It, uh, no, not really. <laughs> no. Uh, and so Dark Horses to succeed, who do you think could could sneak into that playoff uh, that playoff picture? I've got Accrington Stanley. Um, I just keep every time they, you know, every time they have a, a good, decent enough season or, you know, I see things coming out of that club. I've just got a lot of admiration for them. I think Andy Holt runs the club really well. Um, I think they've got second longest serving manager in the country at this point behind Ainsworth. I can't remember, but, um, you know, I just think it's, it's a really well-run football club, and I think, going off what you just said, I think they live within the means, but they continually seem to surprise everybody this, uh, you know, season after season. Um, and I think they can go one better this year, and uh, potentially just just shock a few people and end up in the top six. Uh, well, mine again. I'm afraid I'm not going to be particularly popular. Now. My dark horses to succeed were going to be us, uh, but then I've listened to a few 1 to 24s. I've seen what people are saying, and actually people are tipping us to do well, uh, and I don't like that kind of pressure either because, in my opinion, I thought that we were we were kind of underdogs. I mean, um, so I was going to pick us dark horses to succeed. I think we'll have a decent season, uh, and you know, with a run of luck and staying injury-free and that sort of thing, we could trouble the top six. Sadly, there is another team that could do the same, <clears throat> God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, but I'm going for Gillingham. Now, a lot of people are putting Gillingham quite low down. And I, I can I can understand why, because it's Gillingham. Uh, it's Steve Evans. Well, they've, got, they've got the lowest budget in the, in the country, Gary. Well, they've got a lower 
budget than I have when I go to the co-op. Genuinely, I spent more this afternoon on dinner uh, for me, Dave and Chris for tonight's pool game than Steve Evans uh, can spend on players. It's, that's fact as well. Um, there's no, <laughs> you, you know, there's no basis for it, but it's fact. Uh, and when you look at the players that they've lost, they've lost Jordan Graham and Connor Ogilvy, who for me were two of their best players. Uh, but they've made some decent signings. Ollie Lee did really well for them when he came in. They've got Max Emma back, who um, was really good for them a, a couple of years ago. They brought Danny Lloyd in. They were, yeah, I do have to wonder with Danny Lloyd if there's an issue with attitude there because he's, he's got more clubs than the Biscuit Isle at the co-op. Um, not after I've been there, to be fair, because we didn't have any clubs left. Uh, but, you know, he's got good delivery. They've still got big for Dane Oliver. I think they've signed Carriol today as well. So I think Carriol's very much in the in the um, same mould as Jordan Graham. So I just think, you know, they're just horrible bastards, aren't they? And they play this completely d- different form of football, which it isn't easy on the I am there's a football snob you can go oh do you watch that every week but they win games and they mm. put you under an aerial bombardment the Dane Oliver is is all elbows and you know he's a centre forward from like a 20 from 20 years ago and he's a John Fashioner and a Mick Harford type and you don't see a lot of them this season so I think that Gillingham can bully some teams I think they'll upset the teams that want to play football there'll be the odd catastrophic result but I just think that they 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 can they can always sneak a little bit something. Evans knows this division as much as I dislike the man, as much as he talks out of his immensely large backside. I actually said lard there. I meant to say large, and I think subconsciously I pictured his backside <laughs> and thought of lard. Um, but he's a you know he's not a good manager at this division in this division. Otherwise, he would have got Peterborough promoted with all the money that he had. But he is the irony is that he likes to spend a lot of money, uh, but he's probably actually better when he's got to work with a smaller budget. Um, you know, I think he's he's a wheeler dealer. So I think they've also got Dan Crowley on trial at the minute as well. If they sign Crowley, he's a good player. He's a, he's a top three League One player. Another one where you have to wonder what the attitude's like because he can't seem to get a club at the minute. So, but I think they could be dark horses. Fair enough. Right. Well... Let's go in for the top two. Um, I think I think we're not going to break any, we're not going to shatter any moulds with uh, our predictions for the winners of League One this season um, because it seems like everybody's picking them. But, but we'll go in number two first just yeah, to we'll, keep the suspense going. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we'll I, I was listening to you there going thinking, don't pick number one before number two, Ben. For f- 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 no, sake. I'm not going to. I was going to say, we'll start <laughs> with number two. Um, we do have a differing opinion on who's going to finish second. Um, and do you want to go first or shall I? Well, you can go first because I've not shouted them anywhere in the top six. And it's an interesting one for me. OK, right. Well, I have uh, I picked Wick, uh, Wick and Wanderers. Um, to finish second in League One this season, I think they they're probably going to have a lot of fight in them after the obvious you know shit show with Derby, um, and I think towards the end of the season they actually started putting a run together that looked like it looked like something had clicked within the team. Um, I, I'll be brutally honest, I don't really know how many ins and outs they've had, but I think if they can keep that attitude, keep that mentality from last season. I think they could potentially shit out their way back into the championship, and I think they can probably do it automatically. Yeah, I'm not on that. I'm not on that bus. I'm afraid at all. Okay. Uh, I think that they've lost 
two of their key players last season. Uh, I'm not even going to, well, I am going to try and pronounce their names. Um, Ikpiatsu and Onidimma. Uh, I'm sure they're close. Luton and Middlesbrough have taken those. Their signings on paper don't look too bad. Sam Vokes at Stoke uh, has gone there. He's a relatively big name. That's all I think he is. Sully Kaikai is somebody who I quite liked at Blackpool, but again, you know, I'm not sure that that sort of player entirely fits the um, the Wickham ethic. Josh Scowan is another who I, I thought was underwhelming for Sunderland last season. I, I you know, I just look down that I I just see a team. I'm not going to say didn't deserve to go up. We know that it was points per game and and the season hadn't ended. I think if the 2019-20 season had concluded, I don't think Wickham would have been in the top six. I'm not saying, therefore, they didn't deserve to go up on points per game because that's how the league was decided. There wasn't anything we could do. That's that. Uh, But I don't think that they would have gone up that season. And I think that they would probably have been better for not going up uh, than than they are now because I think they they went up they got that shot at the championship I don't think they've come down any stronger than when they went up and I know Wickham fans would be up in arms with me about that um, I just think that there are teams that have spent more, more money I don't think that the approach that they have is this sort of approach that can get you automatic promotion uh, I don't think they would have stood a chance of automatic promotion when they did go up a couple of years ago they'll be a tough team to play they will be top half of the mid table if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know between seventh and, and 11th is probably where i see wickham finishing very very surprised if they finish uh in the top six let alone the top two uh, i have picked charlton athletic uh, as my second placed team i think that they were on a really good trajectory after lee bowyer left uh, i think that nigel adkins is a very very good manager at that level i think when we went to their place and we beat 3-1 yes we we'd kind of got a hangover hadn't we from the peterborough game and we went there really with nothing to play for but i think that um that charlton have, have strengthened well but they haven't strengthened uh, in huge numbers and and sometimes bringing too many in can be disruptive uh, but they brought Jaden stockley in on a permanent we know what he can do everybody at the end of last season said we'd love a striker like Jaden stockley uh, and I, I think that he's a player that'll do really well for them they brought george dobson in from sunderland sunderland fans won't agree with me he's a really good footballer he was outstanding for walsall a couple of years ago uh, and he, he never really settled at sunderland I'm not so sure about Sean Clare at Oxford, but he was at Bur- uh, from, from Oxford. He moved there last year, flopped to Oxford, did well at Burton when he went out on loan. Uh, he's gone to Charlton, but they've kept very much the, the nucleus of the side that were on a good run. I think if there'd been another seven or eight games in League One last season, I think Charlton were the team that were likely to, to pop up in the, in the playoffs. Um, so I, I can see them certainly being second in the table. They'll be fighting for automatic promotion uh, and, and quite rightly so, given the size of the club. So we actually very nearly agreed on that one. On which, Charlton? Yeah. Did you put them in the playoffs? Were you not listening? Well, why yeah, am I yeah. asking that question? Of course you fucking weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I said they'd probably finish in the uh, third or fourth spot. Okay, very good, very good. No, I know that we've just been talking about it. It's just I've lost track um, a little bit of, of where we're going because we've kind of jumped all over the place. So, um, so champions of League One. Look, here's the fact: the team that we've picked, uh, everybody who has predicted the League One table, bar one person, um, picked this team in first or second. 
So all 25 people pick this team first or second. Yeah, it's Ipswich, isn't it? It's Ipswich Town. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. Like last season, we were, I think, more or less most of the people that were predicting the league and, you know, all of the, um, the podcasts and things like that. Pretty much everybody was saying it was going to be Peterborough running away with the league. This season, it seems like it's Ipswich. Um, I just think they've they seem to be spending the money in the kind of way that does have those green links on FIFA. You know, they are putting a team together that is going to be able. To, Don't milk it, Ben. Don't milk it. You, you got I'm away just, with it once. It's a callback, Gary. <laughs> it's a callback. Look it up. I think um, I think that's that's what they're doing. I think they're putting together a really strong team, um, and I I just can't look past anybody else winning this division this season. A hundred percent. I mean, their transfer business has been extensive. It has been impressive. Uh, they've got you know, an embarrassment of riches. I mean, they've they've already got James Norwood. Remember, um, I was going to say I can't I can't remember where it was that I saw it. But somebody was saying that if you've got James Norwood in your side and he's your fourth choice striker, yeah, uh, you know, there's something special going on. So, I mean, uh, Joe Piggott for me was one of the best strikers in the division last year because he did what's very, very tough and scored a lot of goals for a team that that struggled for a majority of the season. So, and Connor Chaplin from Barnsley who. Could do well. Um, certainly on paper, looks like a good signing for this level. Macaulay Bond from QPR on loan, probably not as convinced about him. But you look at Joe Pig at quality. They've seen Rake- signed Rakeem Harper from West Brom, uh, quality footballer. I'd be really excited about him. Uh, Lee Evans at Wigan had a good season. Wes Burns from Fleetwood had a good season. Scott Fraser, I think, had um, more assists than any central midfielder in League One last season. George Edmondson from Rangers, three quarters of a million pound at fullback. Matt Penny from Sheffield Wednesday, proven championship player. It makes your head spin. Um, the the quality of their recruitment and and okay, the players that they've lost decent enough players at this level i mean you know we know all about teddy bishop we're certainly hoping he'll do well but they've lost the likes of what guion edwards okay he's gone to wigan um luke chambers has left freddie sears has left james wilson emma hughes you know they're they're just infinitely better than they were last season uh paul uh, their, their manager paul cook has been promoted from this division before Look, there's no hiding place. If Ipswich are not in the top two, more or less from the get-go all the way through the season, there is something very, very wrong. They've recruited like a championship side. They'll now be expected to perform like a championship side. Uh, I think the only thing that could hold them back is that pressure of expectation. Ipswich fans think they're going to win the league. All of the pundits think that they're going to win the league. So if 12 games in, they're in eighth position and not turning in the performances, that will really count against them. Because let's face it, if you're Lincoln City, no, not take Lincoln, if you're Cambridge United and you're expected to win League Two and 10 games in, you're not top of League Two, you know, three and a half thousand fans at the Abbey Stadium is not going to put pressure on the owners. If you're Ipswich Town and you have spent, and genuinely you look across that, they, they will have spent a couple of million pounds, I would have thought. Wes Burns is a fee, Rakeem Harper's a fee, uh, signed a boy from Salford who I'm not going to pronounce, he's a fee, Scott Fraser is a fee, Edmondson we know he's three quarters of a million, Chaplin will be in that region as well. If you've spent that sort of money and you're you're not in the top three or four, 10, 15 games in, 15, 16, 17,000 fans are going to be on your back. That's the only difference. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to fail. I think they could have the league wrapped up by Easter. Wow. That's a big shout. But 
I can't disagree with it. It's um, yeah, you know, I, I just think they've, like I said, they, they've recruited in the right ways, and as you just mentioned, I think they have been. Well, they are looking so much stronger on paper than they did at the start of last season. So, um, but yeah, as I said, there, I think everybody bar one said that they they had them as their um, as their top two in their top two. Yeah. There was only one that had them in in third. They were the smallest, the smallest range of any team, basically just you know one to three, so a, a two position variation. Uh, so the Stacey West readers and listeners have picked Ipswich as champions, Sunderland to go up automatically, which really okay, surprised me. Um, I think that's based a lot of it is probably based on um, on on who they are. Mm. Um, uh, and then their top six were Wigan in third, uh, Rotherham in fourth, Charlton in fifth, and Lincoln City in sixth. And okay. so, you know, just to kind of round it off, and then just on the outskirts of that, Portsmouth, Sheffield Wednesday, and Wickham Wanderers. So I think that there's a, there's a real feel here for where certainly you, I, and many of the Stacey West readers see the division. I think we see a very firm top nine or ten. You know, the only team we've not mentioned probably are Oxford United, who I think uh, I think will be knocking on the door. Um, then there's a definite bottom pack, and then there's teams who are almost certainly going to be the middle. And I think that they are the Burton Albions, the Accrington Stanleys, the Doncaster Rovers, Crew, teams like that are kind of are going to be middle of the pack. So we, I think, there's no reason why we can't be tagged into that top ten. Whereabouts we come in that top ten? Yeah, it's just a, a little bit of luck I think you need, don't you? So, you know, I don't want people to think I'm being overtly negative by not picking us in the top six. Um, one person picked us as champions. Uh, and no, Cornell didn't sub, uh, didn't submit a, a 1 to 24. So that was say, actually... I mean, I'll, have, I'll have some of what they're having. However, that, I have seen a few places tip us as, you know, second or third, so... Yeah, well, it was Pete. It was your friend of mine. Uh, okay. More mine. Uh, but, um, because when I say more mine, he likes to try and stitch you up. But yeah, it was Pete. He picked us to go top on the proviso. Now, he did have a proviso. He obviously read my... Um, uh, my interviews with Michael, with Michael saying he would like to bring another centre forward in. Uh, and so Pete's exact words, if I can find it, were uh, Lincoln to go up if you sign a goalkeeper and uh, a certain player from Tottenham. Uh, okay. That's Lincoln to win the season. Now, I don't think we'll sign a goal scorer. I think we'll sign a centre forward to take some of the slack. Oh, from scorer. Tottenham. I thought you said a goalkeeper. No, a goal scorer. Sorry, I might have said keeper. Uh, but no, it means goal scorer. Uh, I don't think that we're going to sign a, a, a 20 goal a season, man. I don't think that that we're, we've got that within our budget. You know, we, we're not an MK Dons who can sign three of them or an Ipswich who can have one and then just sign three more. Uh, and, and even Portsmouth who have assembled, I think probably most um, impressively in that area, in my opinion. Um, so I, I think we can knock on the door, but I, I just worry uh, and I worry because the the range for us is ninth. The highest pick was first. That was the only Pete was the only person to pick as automatic. No, Kev Barwise did as well. Um, but predominantly, people had us in fifth or sixth. A couple in ninth. I picked uh, just outside the playoffs. Somebody else had picked tenth. I my worry is the pressure of expectation. Yes, we've kept the nucleus of the side together. Yes, we've made some impressive signings on paper. But they 
they've got to do that on the grass. So Lass Sorensen looks like a Rolls-Royce footballer. He's got to do that on the grass. Teddy Bishop, people are saying, can be as good as Ipswich's, uh, Ipswich, can be as good as Grant, uh, George Grant. But you know, he's got to stay fit, can be as good, not is as good. So there's a lot still to come from us. And, and chatting to Michael, as, as I'm sure you know from the articles I wrote, he has an apprehension about the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, a delicate, he's not going to play Saturday, Saturday, and he's not going to start, I don't think, this Saturday. So I think that there's, there is a slight concern about our, our first kind of two months while the, the, the players get settled. Still got a huge concern over those defensive areas. And until I see an incoming, uh, I, that doesn't go away. Um, you know, we're going to start this season very much on the back foot. We have got injuries. We've got players who are not going to start on Saturday who you would pick as first team players at Lincoln City. Of the front three, I think only one that will start on Saturday will be a starter on a regular basis um, through the course of the season in the position that he plays in against Gillingham. That's a concern. Um, but that said, I think we are already an established League One side now and we are expected to be challenging top 10. Uh, and that's where I think that we'll challenge. I mean, I, I think we're, I think we've got a better squad than we have, you know, than we had towards the end of the season. And I thought we looked incredibly strong towards the end of the season. Um, sorry. Big not, shout. Big uh, shout. So you think I we've think, got a better, a better I, squad without Brennan Johnson and George Grant? I think we've got a better squad. Um, you know, th- this is going sight unseen on the new lads. <laughs> I will say that much right now, but I think, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, having having seen or having read a bit about what the guys are capable of, what the new lads are, you know, all about and the words that are coming from Michael and the team, I, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm confident. So. Fair, fair enough. Did you, that's your opinion. I, and <laughs> you may be right because we may get six games in and Sorensen and Bishop and potentially Adelican and Maguire and players like that actually are better than what we had last season. And probably in terms of squad depth, we do look a little bit stronger. There are areas of concern, but there will still be players to come in. And it's really hard to pick a 1 to 24 or, or, you know, who might finish sixth and who might finish 10th when not all the transfer business has been done. Yeah. You might look at Burton Albion. I mean, they've had a shocking run with injuries, um, but all of a sudden they might sign three players and you think, Jesus, where have they got them from? Remember we signed Brennan Johnson three games, three or four games into the season. I think last time, didn't we? Yeah. The, um, he came on as a sub, I think against Charlton and then made his first full start against Blackpool. Mm-hmm. So, we could pull something like that out of the bag. Uh, Michael, as you know, told me that he wants two players for definite, a defender and a striker. Let's lay our cards on the table. I think he wants TJ Ioma. I think that that's a rumour that everybody keeps putting it out there. Um, whether we get that or not, I don't know. And then he wants another striker to complement Tom Hopper and then potentially two young loans to cover the wide areas. I think if we got all of those in, and one or two players left on loan. Wouldn't surprise me if Rowan left on loan. Wouldn't surprise me if James Jones left on loan. Wouldn't entirely surprise me if Remy didn't leave on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not in a bad position. And yeah. you know, we might surprise a few people. So, and, and, and look at it this way. We were beaten playoff finalists last season. So technically, aside from the players that come down, we should be favourites to go up. Because you know, we were the best placed team that didn't go up last season. So we should. Yeah, I know that football doesn't work like that, but we should be favourites to go up. The fact that we're not is probably of some comfort to Michael and the players because it takes a bit of pressure off that everybody else is spending money. You know, yeah. 
Charlton expect to go up because they've spent Wigan do, Ipswich do, Sunderland just have a good given right to go up every season anyway we know that, Rotherham, Wickham coming down expect to go up, Sheffield Wednesday expect to go up there isn't that expectation within our fan base. We hope to, we think we're good enough to, but nobody expects at Lincoln City. That worked yeah. in our favour last season. Yeah, I think it will this season as well, to be fair, um, as long as people don't get carried away. Right, um, shall we move on? Because we had a competition and we are an hour and four minutes into the podcast. So uh, Yes, we'd better do then. Yes, uh, so let's let's go through the, the competition, um, which was for a... Uh, I believe it was for a, a football shirt, wasn't it? It was. It was for a, a through the post at through the post on Twitter. We're offering a football shirt for one lucky winner. We had, I think, more than 70 people liked the post. Um, so that was really good. Uh, and we picked a random winner before we came on air because we knew that we were going to overrun. Uh, and I didn't make a note of his Twitter handle, uh, but I know that his name was <laughs> Melvin. Uh, so if you're Melvin on Twitter, um, and I'll, 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 f- I'll find who it was now. You don't get this. We're not the top 20. Uh, it's Melvin 63755719, who has been a Lincoln City fancy. Since 1978 so since i've been alive melvin's been a lincoln city fan um drop either me or through the post your address and your shirt size and they'll get something out to you there you go um well, right so Mel. <laughs> given that we are now what uh, an hour and six in how do we want to wrap up do we want to have a quick preview or do we want to do our uh, i guess is for the opening 11 We'll do the opening 11 because my understanding is that Jake is going to do a preview of the Gillingham game. So um, we'll let Jake do the preview. And if he doesn't, uh, then all the pressure's on him, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. so obviously we've had a few incomings, a few outgoings throughout the closed season. Um, Shall we start with the the most obvious position and, uh, and go with the goalkeeper, guys? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> i think that <laughs> i mean it's yeah, gonna be josh griffiths isn't it yeah josh griffiths will start and go okay and at right back who've you got regan paul will start at right back i also have regan paul uh left back teo eden will start at left back so i have teo eden uh, and then the central pairing this is where it might get a bit interesting adam jackson i think he's one mm-hmm. and i think max melbourne will start at left center back Ooh. Well, he's had a good pre-season. Michael spoke highly of him. I don't think Lewis Monsma, with just 60 minutes in the tank, will be quite ready to start the game. And I think rather than risk aggravating an injury in an area where we are struggling for players, I think that he'll go with Max Melbourne. That's interesting because I've gone with Jackson and Monsma. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, and then the midfield. So we're looking at the the middle trio, I guess. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I think Bridcott and McGrandles are surefire starters. Yep, I also have Brids and McGrandles. And then it's that sort of that final piece of the puzzle. Who are we going with there? Um, well, I'm not sure how he's going to line up, to be honest. Uh, and, and so I've, I've picked players, but I'm not sure where he's going to put them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've, I've gone for Lass Sorensen. OK. Um, so I've, I've gone with... I've kind of gone with, you know, the logic and, and thought, right, well, it's probably going to be a number 10 position. So I've gone with our new number 10 and I've put Chris McGuire in there. OK, he's injured, so he's not going to be Chris. Is McGuire. he? Yeah. 
Oh, shit. I didn't realise that. That's what I think, anyway. I think, I think he's going to miss the start of the season. He mentioned at the sponsors, um, the sponsors game. Oh, okay. So. Okay, well, if he's not there, then I'll go with Sorensen as well. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, because Sorensen might play on the right, and then I, I've actually, I've also put Louis Fiorini in. Okay. Um, so I've uh, I've gone for, uh, and this is kind of my, not my front three, maybe, because it might be Fiorini in midfield, but I've gone for Fiorini, Tom Hopper and Cohen Bramall on the left. Okay. Um, well, I've I've gone with uh, a bit of a long shot, given the uh, the bit you just said about him potentially not having a Saturday Saturday start. Uh, but I've gone with Hakeem Adelikan, uh, sorry, on uh, on one side, Anthony Scully on the other side, and Tom Hopper in the middle. Okay. I think the only thing that there again is Adelikan sixty minutes this week, um, and Scully kind of not really got an awful lot of football in him as well i hope you're right i i kind of hope that scully does play uh but i'm not sure that he will what i'm thinking is you're looking at that side and you've got let's say the side i've picked for instance you've still got monster to come into it um you've still got joe walsh to come into it still got teddy bishop to come into it adelican and scully they're 50 50 if it's the one you've picked you've got fiorini and bramble to come into that so i think we're in a decent place i just wish pre-season was three weeks longer because yeah. i think if it was we'd be in a much better position and i don't i don't think um you know we've left our recruitment late and i, I think people could quite easily say well you've left the recruitment late blah, blah, blah. but at the end of the day i think that's how you get the better deals and and we have to be very careful about how we spend our money so my one concern for the weekend i know we're not really going to preview gillingham is you know they're going to put long high balls into the box and they're going to be aiming for the day and oliver so whoever does play at center half and if monsma's fit i would probably prefer to see monsma than melbourne um is he's going to be they're going to need to be aerially astute i haven't seen max be that and that's only because we haven't seen a lot of him at left center back so you know if Monsma's fit, I would much prefer to see a Jackson and Monsma combination. Uh, but it wasn't that the combination that got kind of humbled a little bit when we, we were 2-0 down within 10 minutes against Gillingham last time at home. Uh, so I just wish Joe Walsh was fit. So, do you know what, Ben? That's the big one for me. That mm. is the big one for me. If we were going into this season with Joe Walsh fit, I think I would have called us in the top six. But to see that we're starting the season again without Joe Walsh fit, that just... It, it worries me for the rest of the campaign. And that's that's where my real you know, real area of concern is, is still at the back. We're, we're rumoured to be signing TJ, but we haven't. Um, and if we did, you know, which would he play? Left-sided centre-back this weekend? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, But we've got a decent squad. Look, we've got winnable games, early doors. What is it? Um, Gillingham away, then Fleetwood at home and Bolton at home. Mm. They are... It's a favourable run of games early doors. That, yeah. I think the thing for me is like when I was trying to pick that 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 eleven, I'm just sitting there going, I'm looking at the squad and I'm thinking, Christ, we've got a lot to choose from in the middle of the park. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he's going to fit, you know, three or four players in that middle, you know, in that in, well in the midfield throughout the season. It's just it's such a good problem to have, and it seems well, like. Go on. I don't think that you're right with Chris Maguire. I think Maguire will play on the left. I think he'll okay. play Maguire on the left, Adelican on the right, Hopper through the centre. And I think long term, Teddy Bishop will sit in the 10 role. And then you're looking, well, where does Lass Sorensen get in? Maybe, maybe 
he kind of rotates with McGrandles. Because although we talked a lot about Conor McGrandles and how good he was last season, let's not forget he dropped out the team for, for instance, the playoff semi-final second leg, I think he was dropped for, wasn't he? Because didn't he come on and make a big difference? He came on, yeah. So there's every there's every chance that it could be Bridcut with McGrandles playing alongside him when we're away or when we're against the team we know we're going to have to defend and work hard against. And when we need to beat a team, it could be Bridcut, Sorensen and Bishop. Uh, and that's without... You know, Remy Longdon. That's without James Jones. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Max Sanders. Not even mentioned Max Sanders. I I I've talked about it being a big season for Max Sanders. I look at the side. I look at where we are. I just wonder. I just wonder if Max Sanders might might not end up being uh, the the quality player that I think he can be. Okay. Well, I I think. To me, it always seemed like he was the long-term sort of being eyed as a long-term replacement for Liam Bridcut. Um And I wonder if he's going to get a chance to prove that this season. Possibly. But now I think McGrandles can play there. Fiorini yeah. can play there. It's you know, Like you say, it, because I spoke there about the midfield potentially being kind of a, a, a Sorensen and or McGrandles um Teddy Bishop, Liam Bridcott, there's no Liam Fiorini, uh, Liam, Louis Fiorini there, and he hasn't come here to sit on the bench, no doubt whatsoever about that, he's come here to play some football, so yeah, going to be interesting, that's why I picked him, I wonder if he might be able to play out wide, I, I don't know, I don't know, we're stabbing in the dark at this, and it's why I don't, uh, I wouldn't want to do a preview for the Gillingham game, really. I was say, because... that's kind of one of the one of the reasons why we'd, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to do one either, because at the minute it's a bit like, well, we haven't seen us play, we haven't seen anything of Gillingham so yeah yeah so okay um we did have a couple of other bits to to go through do we want to do them quickly or do we want to wrap up because it is getting on for six o'clock yeah we ought to wrap up I can't even remember what they were now and I, I know I sent them to you um <laughs> And I send them to you on WhatsApp. And I, I, I actually did the running order, didn't I, this week, which is yeah. why it's been all over the place, probably. So <laughs> we were going to talk about Sean Rowan, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll do an article on that. And I think the Ed and Ioma stuff, we'll, we'll leave that to the, the Twitter rumour mill and we'll talk about it when it's actually news. Yeah, cool. I think that's probably a good shout, um, you know, because the Twitter rumour mill is always a good place to have any sort of formal discussion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, right. I think that's probably the best thing to do for now. We will leave it there. And football is back. We're going to have some some proper League One football. Oh, it's good to say that, isn't it? It is. Cool. Right. We'll see you next week. Up the Ems. Up the Ems. around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.